What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we discover the warrior within. I am your host today, Jared Bradford, and today I have a great episode for you. I sat down with my dude Chris, and Chris is a professional hockey player. So we sat down, we talked about his life and journey into that role. He's really gone through a lot of struggles, a lot of triumphs, a lot of trades, a lot of travels, and a lot of injuries. So we talk about how he has overcome those, some perspectives that he's gained from those struggles, and how he's spun a positive way on them so as to grow. It's really great to see. We diverge into a lot of other topics. Guys, the episode is chock full of great things I think you can learn from and appreciate. So please, if you're listening on iTunes right now, give a couple scrolls down, leave us a five-star review. It's just a click. It's very simple, and it helps us out a lot. We'd really appreciate it. Without further ado, please enjoy the episode. All right, Chris, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on today. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to dabble on quite a few things today. But first off, I have something that was actually brought to me uh, today. And I want to ask you, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a sandwich, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'd say a hot dog. So? Yeah, it's. I'd say so. I'd say it to be. You know, I. You know what? Sometimes when you have a hot dog, the bun ends up cracking anyway, so it's basically a sandwich. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think by definition, it is a sandwich. But something in my heart tells me, and you look at a hot dog, it's not a sandwich, <laughs> but it, all the components are there. So. No. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that doesn't seem like a sandwich. Anyway, Chris, uh, you're a pro hockey player, and you've experienced some some deep struggles on your path that have led to really great perspectives and lessons on on triumph. Um, so tell me, when did you begin your hockey career? Yeah, so honestly, I think it was right around the age of four, right when I could walk. I was the wow. youngest of three boys. I have two older brothers that played hockey, so I was just thrown in the fire. I really don't remember even when that moment was. I just remember being young and having a stick in my hand. So um, I started at the age of four and just continued playing from there. Okay. So you eventually, you went through uh, high school playing hockey. What was the next stage after high school? So for hockey, it's a little different than other sports. If you're playing football, baseball, it's usually just, you know, you're playing travel, you play high school, then you go to college if that's what you choose. For hockey, there's a lot of different tiers. So what happened with me is, you know, over the years, my brothers were really good when they were really young. I was not. So I had that mentality like, oh, I got to be better than my brothers, you know. So mm-hmm. when, I, when I was younger, it was just me trying out for travel teams. Um, and then when I was 13 was when I – entered high school and instead of playing high school hockey I actually played 
what it's like elite hockey basically in Michigan it's really big it's tr- it's called AAA hockey right and yep. you know so I played AAA hockey in in high school and all throughout high school and I played for Victory Honda first and then I played for Bell Tire after that mm-hmm. and I played all the way up until I was 17 in Michigan for that triple A team. So, okay. So I know there, it's definitely a different road in hockey to get to like a professional NHL level. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, I trained as a strength and conditioning coach. I trained a hockey player that he had a friend actually that played professional level hockey and they went back to college because there's some strange draft rules into the NHL. So Ooh. it's, it's definitely a different, it's, so I think road. I think what you're talking about. So this is what happened to me when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I actually, ironically enough, if you're watching the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, I played on Tory Krug's team, defenseman for the Boston Bruins. When we were yeah. 16, we played on the same team and we won a national championship together. When we were 16, which was freaking one of the best years of my life. But wow. when I was 16, I also got drafted into two different leagues one was the ohl which is the precursor to the nhl and then one was the ushl which is the best junior hockey league in the united states and basically everybody if you play in the ushl you're getting a full ride to a college so your friend probably what happened was was if they went back to college after the ohl possibly he would have lost his eligibility maybe i think Mm -hmm. it depends but yeah yeah, if I'm right, he did get a full ride, so he may have been in the USHL. But, Ooh. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a, it's a different road that is kind of complicated and confusing. But so, what stage of hockey are you playing right now? So right now, how I would say it to people is almost like AAA baseball. Okay. So right now, I'm playing for the South Carolina Stingrays, and it would be it's professional hockey. Our NHL team is the Washington Capitals. And then from Washington, it goes to the Hershey Bears, which is the AHL. And then Mm -hmm. we are the ECHL under the Hershey Bears. So we have draft picks on our team that are drafted first couple rounds on Washington. But every year there's a draft, you know, guys got to play in the farm system. And that's where I am right now is playing for uh, South Carolina Stingrays. Oh, great. Um, so early on when you, when you first got drafted, what kind of struggles did you face? Cause I know it wasn't the easiest road starting out. So honestly, this is where, you know, when you're an athlete in general, you, you, you kind of have to be, it's like anything in life. If you want to be mm-hmm. great at something, you have to be completely obsessed with it. I don't care what anybody says. And it's also one of the hardest things is to get people to understand exactly what you mean by that. And mm-hmm. for me, in my head, since a young kid, my goal was to play in the NHL. You know, people always along the way said, you can't do this. You can't do that. And then I actually ended up playing Division Three hockey at Adrian College. And you better believe when I was at Adrian, nobody was telling me I was going to play professional hockey. Right. But the killer in me, I knew I was. Because I didn't – the way I see everything basically is – if you want to do something and you want it bad enough, you're just going to get it. And what I mean by that is if I'm up at 5 a.m. and I'm having breakfast before somebody gets up 
you better believe I know I'm ahead of the game. So if somebody tells me, Chris, you're playing for Adrian College, you're not going to play professional. Nobody plays professional from Division Three hockey. I know mm-hmm. in my head that I'm getting it every day. So I, I, it's, it's more so like the mentality that I brought with me, you know, when I was in college that before my senior year, for example, I had shoulder surgery and I had to look at myself in the face. I was, I went to school a little late. I went to college a little late um, because I played junior hockey for multiple years. So before my senior year, I had a serious shoulder surgery. I was out four months in the summer, but I had this talk with myself. I said, if you want to play professional hockey, you have to be all in, all in. You're going to have to miss some things. You're going to, you know, there's some things you're going to have to sacrifice for what that is going to entail. So I got set up with, you know, I, I work with personal trainers in the summer and whatnot, but it was my mentality and things that I wrote down. I wrote down, be an all American, win a national championship, have 30 points as a defenseman. And what I believe is whether you actually reach those goals, the thing about having goals written down, I find so important is if you miss them by a little bit, you're still way up there and you're, mm-hmm. you're still pushing yourself to be better. It, it wasn't necessarily ever about me making it to the NHL. It was just my mindset that I wanted something so bad and I was willing to have discipline and implement daily habits to get me there. So what happened my senior year of college was exactly that. What I, it's almost like the Connor McGregor mentality. When people talk shit about Connor and say, this guy's so cocky, so arrogant. I kind of chuckle a little bit because Mm -hmm. if you want something out of your life, you have to voice it. And so much, this happened to me when I was younger. It was like, Sometimes I was afraid to say what I wanted because it sounded so grandiose and so big. But in reality, the only time things ever happened to me was when I asked for it out loud. When I wasn't afraid to say, I'm playing pro hockey. I'm going to be an All-American. And both of those things happened for me, which then started a pretty crazy journey after that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that, that you have to voice what you want and then you'll get it um depending on how you frame this um i've recently been learning about or just i don't know learning but gaining perspectives of people that like put energy out into what they call like the universe mm-hmm. so um for instance it, a lot of it surrounds financial struggles so if you want to make financial gain you put that energy out like money is a good thing money's not the root of all evil it can bring so much good um an example like, okay, write yourself a check for this much money and date it two years from now and put all of your focus, just let the universe know that you're ready to accept it and then go go to work and then it will come. I think that and wasn't that Jim Carrey that did that? I think. It was Jim Carrey. Yeah. He wrote himself a ten million dollar check, uh, dated for five years down the road or something, and then he did dumb and dumber. And got a $10 million. <laughs> oh, no, I absolutely, I love hearing that. I love seeing that stuff. It is the yep. truth. It's really yeah. what you, you go through life and the, what I've realized through my journey, which it's been a lonely one in a way where I've been mm-hmm. away from my family. I've got to live in all these different cities. I've got to meet some fascinating men, women, 
entrepreneurs, blue collar, white collar, all different people. And what I realized, there's a couple of things. One was everybody has their own journey and everybody's doing the best that they can. A lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of people aren't going to be boasting you and giving you that love you think you need and deserve. So it has to come from inside and within. And that's where I think there's a big discrepancy in society right now, whether it's people saying social media is killing me. Social media sucks. Politics sucks. You're liberal. You're conservative. The world's crazy. Trump is crazy. And mm -hmm. when you think about all that, it, it, if you think about issues, you're going to get issues. If you think about success and moving forward and what can I do to help somebody else, what can I do to make my shitty day a better day, good things start to happen slowly, yeah. slowly too, because there's things that have happened to me that the wheels fall off the wagon and bad things happen quick. Good things tend to take a while. And that's the difference between, I think, people who have success and people who don't have success. And that's another thing is everybody's success is different. I've met people that are so bliss, blissfully ignorant, I say in a way, or just blissful in having a regular job, going home, eating a nice dinner and going to bed. And I mm. love and almost, I envy that. I love that. It's amazing to see people who are happy with simple life. But and on the other side of that, there's going to be people who seek and I'm a seeker. You know, I, I want more. And I've always been that way. I became hungry, you know, right when my dad would like my dad was a motivator and he got our asses going. And he wasn't a guy who was like, you're doing great. You're doing great. I would always whether it was like a story I wanted to tell him or something that was going on with hockey it was almost like I felt like it wasn't good enough. And part of that was being the youngest of three. I wanted to be better than my brothers. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And part of it was I'm going to show my dad what's up. And in that just, you know, grew this person that I am now. But uh, I guess we'll get into I kind of want to get into my first crazy year. Yeah, no, I would love to do that. I love what you said. Bad things happen quick. Good things happen slow. That's so true. Uh, I mean, even like winning the lottery could be seen as such a good thing. It could be a and very bad thing. Like it, it, a lot of lottery winners, we know their life turns. And like I, I have a put. Yeah, you know? well, the, I have a great point to that, too, is that what I believe is money makes you who you already were. It showcases who yes. you are. Yeah. If you're a good person, you're going to do good with that money. If right. you're a very selfish, arrogant person and just not a good heart, not caring about family, friends, and the environment and the world, that is going to get accelerated. So, oh, yeah. you know, people that win the lottery, I mean, I mean, who would imagine getting $500 million in your bank? But it's amazing that, what is it, over 90%, 95% go broke again? Yep. Like, the broke mindset, broke mindset. It is the truth. You know, things, uh, one thing I learned about myself is that I'm always looking for what's next. I love the thrill of things. I love the excitement, but when th good things happen to me is when I really just kept things simple, stupid, simple, mm. stupid, simplify your life, get up early, move around. 
I listen to a podcast first thing in the morning when I wake up. I don't let my mind wander or think. I, now it's getting consumed with good positive energy because when I grew up, it was tough, man. Like my, I love my family and we're doing so great right now, but we grew up and things were hard. My parents had to deal with three kids in AAA hockey. Everybody from the outside in looked at us like we have a cookie cutter life. And in reality, it was far from it. I had to, I couldn't, um, well, for one, I sacrificed anything to do with monetary value and using my actual brain, which is my biggest asset, which I had to mm -hmm. put to the side because of my hockey journey and being this quote unquote, oh, you're a hockey jock. And I didn't mm -hmm. identify as that because I thought of myself as a nerd from the start. And right. it was just this, it, it's an interesting thing when you look at how everybody views everybody else and how things really are in reality. It's just like the illusion of social media and people wanting to get their followers up or seeing people at a fancy place. And you might even, I've met some of these people and they're not that fascinating, you know, like um, <laughs> it's, it's like you have 50,000 followers and you can't look me in the eyeballs and have a good conversation. And like, it's, it's not real. So um, I give praise and kudos to people who just strive to be more and just at the same time, the most important thing is being content and happy with where you are and who you are at the exact moment you are, because that's one thing in my life that when I was younger, I really did not have whatsoever. I've grown so much. Mm. I'm so different than what I was when I was 16, 17, 18. It was always, why me? Why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. I deserve this. I deserve. Yeah. And what did I get? I got nothing from that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all a mindset and mentality thing. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's, let's start drawing some parallels here from hockey to this, this growth that you've experienced. So during your first year, I understand you were on five teams. You got traded five times. So, okay. We'll get into it. My <laughs> first, so my first pro contract was with the Kalamazoo K-Wings and um, I played junior hockey in Kalamazoo. And my brother, Michael, played for Western Michigan University, which was pretty ironic to have all that happen, to be back in Kalamazoo, where my brother played college hockey for Western and I played junior hockey. So training camp rolls around. I'm in the best shape of my life. I was in such good shape. I was so positive. Signed my first pro contract. Here we go. Two weeks after, one week after training camp, we had two guys get sent down. And who's getting released? The Adrian hockey player, the Adrian college hockey player. So you can only keep eight defensemen. And in the ECHL, contracts could be voided daily. You don't have mm – -hmm. your year contract could be over if they just sign the check and say, sir, you're gone. And that's what happened. So first mm -hmm. week, I got released. I did not even get traded. So I get released. Wow. And then what happens? My whole world shuts down. My life is my life as I knew it was over. Like I, I literally had the feeling of who, are, who are you now? What you're done with hockey? What is going on? What are you going to do all in 24 hours? I had to be out of my apartment in 24 hours. 
So I had call my family, call my friends. And that was an interesting thing in itself because some people I was talking to were like, so where are you going to work? So where are you going to work? Where are you going to work? Where are you getting a job? Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm like, where am I going to get a job? I'm playing hockey. I'm a hockey player. This is my dream. I didn't believe I got released because of, because of me not being good enough. It was part, there were a lot of draft picks on the team. There was, you know, maybe I wasn't good enough, but at the time I felt I had practiced, I had put in the work, I was still going to go. So what did I do? I ended up going to Pensacola, Florida, right from there. And that was the SPHL. You want to know what I was making a week? Yep. 250 bucks a week. Hmm. Playing professional, quote unquote, professional hockey. Mm-hmm. So it was just fascinating and humbling to me at that time. Money wasn't the issue. I just decided I'm going to continue on this journey and I'm just going to focus up and just see how far I could take this. So I went to Pensacola, Florida, was there for about two weeks, which was crazy. It wasn't the best situation. There's a lot of reasons for that. I ended up getting traded to Mississippi. Now I'm in Mississippi. I ended up playing very well, and I got, I think, 13 points in 14 games. And mind you, while this is all going on, it's just a whirlwind of, like, um, I had a girlfriend at the time. I was with her for over two years, and I'm, hey, babe, you got to get another plane ticket. You got to cancel that one. Uh, I'm moving again. And uh, just, it's a lot. Like, you know, when you have a job, when you have a job and you go there every day, you have that stability and the one thing you absolutely do not have in professional sports in general, especially minor league hockey is that stability. But my mindset never shifted while I was in the SPHL. I'm like, you're going to the ECHL is waking up in the morning. All the habits were the same. And two weeks after a month after I was in Mississippi, the day before Christmas, so this is my third team I'm on the day before Christmas, I get a call from the Toledo walleye. And it's an ECHL team, the farm team for the Red Wings and the Grand Rapids Griffins. And my brother was on that team at the time. They called me and they said, hey, you want to come play for us? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, finally, I got my break. I'm going to be back in the league. And what they told me at that time, they said, drive over here. You're going to be here for two games. I was like, two games? All right, let's do it. So I drove to Toledo and I ended up what was supposed to be two games it was two games at first they said kid you got two games to play for us then we're going to send you back to mississippi then what started as two games went to 10 games and i was playing good and working really hard it ended up i ended up playing 28 games for them and what was amazing was it was 30 minutes from the college i went to adrian Mm -hmm. it was a farm team for the red wings my brother michael was on the team it was just a dream come true. And it was because I decided to stick to it. And after Kalamazoo, I could have just shut it down and got a desk job and, and, you know, worked at Quicken Loans and which would have been great, but I wouldn't have learned what I did having gone through and getting traded and that adversity. And man, I got to meet a whole new team. I got to fit in. I got to, that it, it, it's tough. It's really hard. You know, uh, mm-hmm. a new job is hard enough and five teams five head coaches five staff everything 
it was just amazing. So I played in Toledo those 28 games, get traded to Manchester, New Hampshire, and end my season in Manchester. And it was the biggest blessing I could have had was to face that much adversity and grow as much as a man as I did that year. So so what, what particular growth do you think you took from those specific obstacles, I guess, being traded and things like that? Because I got to um, imagine like you, you're constantly facing new, new teammates, like you said, new coaches. Like that's got to be tough in itself. So how did you specifically grow? So the most important thing I would say is that you just through it all, you have to be yourself. I think a lot of me growing up and I grew up a pretty angry kid at life, at things. And I didn't really have an identity because hockey was who I was. Mm -hmm. And in that year, I kind of, one was, it humbled me. I understood that things in life were going to be a lot harder than they even looked. And that even if you put in all the work, you might still get shut down. And that's a tough pill to swallow, but a very great one, I think, because whether I got traded or whatnot, going to Toledo and playing really good, getting points, playing well, I understood that one team might not be for me, but another was. So it was just having the same mentality. Like, don't lose your confidence because something bad happens. Don't think the Mm -hmm. world is against you because something bad happens because in my opinion, I don't want to say more bad things than good are going to happen to you. But like I said, when you're in a good situation, a lot of times it just feels like normal. And when it's bad, you really feel it. So Mm -hmm. just through the obstacles, just understanding that you have to be consistent and work hard every day. You have to have a positive attitude and be a team guy. Also, I learned how to really be selfless because I was a I was a small piece in a bigger puzzle. So it was where it was like when I grew up, it was like me, me, me. Where am I going? What am I doing? Um, you name it. I just understood. Okay, what am I to this team? Where is my role? Find your role. Find your make friends. Just keep it simple. Like in that whole adversity thing, I got to meet some really great people and. Yeah, And um, I think the most important thing was just being humble, like not expecting anything and just putting in the work on a daily basis, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like just from what, what I know about you now is that you've gotten really good at making connections and keeping connections. And maybe that is also something that you kind of learned along the way of just meeting so many different people. It It, it really is. And like I said before, when I was younger, it was I, I was just like, I was tunnel vision because of hockey. And when you're in a small community, whether it's hockey sports or whatever, your world is actually really small. And the more I got to travel, the more that who I really was came out. Cause when I was in Michigan, you know, who, you know, when you grow up and sometimes people just don't grow or change or some people, it's just how it is, you know, some, mm-hmm. and when you move around and you travel around, you get to meet such fascinating people. You're like, oh, my gosh, he's a hockey player, but he's a guitarist. Oh, my gosh, this person, you know, he travels and does this. Oh, he has a podcast. Oh, he invests in this company. And what fascinated me was I love people. I've always been such a curious person. There's some people that are afraid to, like, talk to a bum. I'll go talk to a bum for 10 minutes. 
I don't care. I don't think I'm better than him. I think everybody has a voice. And I think if everybody was more open and less judgmental on a grand scale, they, good things start to happen. Like I've met so many friends over the years in hockey and a lot of good things have happened, whether it was with investment opportunities or getting invited places or just having a good friend overall. None of that happens if I'm not asking questions. None of that happens yeah. if I'm going kind of feeling uncomfortable to get to know this guy and him feeling comfortable to open up to me. And before I used to be closed off. I, I mean, people that have known me for a long time might not know some of the things I'm telling you right now. And <laughs> I, really, it's, it's, and I, it's so freeing to be able to just be open about everything. Like, I went through a lot as a kid. I learned so much. The best things happen when I decided to just, this is me. This is who I am. I'm going to be a curious per person. I'm going to network. I'm going to communicate. If you don't like it, then that's fine. You know, I used to almost get like upset if someone was like, they, they told me I didn't look good or they told me like I couldn't do this. And in reality, how you see the world is a reflection of how you see yourself. And I used to not look in the mirror and like what I saw. And in the transition of putting in work, caring more, starting to not be so selfish, even though I believe that you have to do right by you before you could put out energy to the world. Like now I, I help motivate people. I help people build businesses. I help friends mentor them. I couldn't do that five years ago because I didn't have my shit together and mm -hmm. I still am getting my shit together and everybody is, it's a process, but you, you, it's life is a reflection of yourself. If you're always getting people complaining to you, yelling at you, uh, not helping you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta move. You gotta find those people, find those positive people that you're like, Hey man, I did this. And they're like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Or you, for me, if I hear, you know, for one, eye contact is big, but it's an old school thought, but it really is a meaningful thing when someone's looking in your eyes and understanding what you're saying. And also just being a human being, not judging people. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different path. And in all that is all the beauty. It's all the beauty. Um, mm. So that's great. Yeah. Hey, you, you, you mentioned you're going to be curious and, I think we had similar upbringings and that we were pretty closed off. I was a pretty shy kid myself and have, you know, obviously through the years, like broken out of that and become more curious. And I think a lot of people's roadblocks that, that don't break out of that is they're afraid to look stupid or afraid to be judged. Uh, I think especially true for young men, uh, like in their twenties and going through this already growth period, whether you're either grow or you stay who you are forever. And, Honestly, hey, don't be afraid to look stupid because it's it's usually the the brave and the quote like weird ones that that live the best life or it's or the weird the world. Absolutely, look at comedians for example, Jim Carrey, Joe Rogan, more people like that, influencers like that aren't scared to look foolish because who who gives a shit? Like looking yeah. foolish and being who you are, I find it like I that was a struggle of mine when I was growing up. Like I said, like. When I went out, 
I was just this jock. I was an asshole. I was kind of angry. I was kind of self-centered and like whether there was a personality that I don't even know what type of personality you would have gave me when I was younger, to be honest, I always had this kind, caring and loving side because that's who Christopher was. But I had all this angst, aggression, because a lot of things that went on with me, I, I kept it in. And Mm -hmm. you got to understand that, like, for me, this was a funny thing. That's why I got into working out when I was in high school. It wasn't even hockey as much as it was health and fitness. And I'm going to get big and strong and no one's going to mess with me. Because even though I did play hockey, I remember getting picked on when I was younger. And people wouldn't know that about me. But I got picked on by kids in, in middle school and even high school. And I had to get into fights because of it or whatnot. But I look back at that and I remember a scared boy. And it was because of how I viewed myself and I was scared to open up. Like, what if people don't like Christopher? What if people don't like the real me? And what's fascinating is it was the complete opposite. When I opened up and was my goofy self and like was weird and nerdy and talked about Bitcoin and psychology and sociology, that's when people really started to look at me and listen to me and talk to me more. And it was everything Mm -hmm. I was, I was told the opposite and I was around the opposite until I changed my circle and got to travel and got to meet real people and understand that, you know, there are your people. The way I, I like to say it is whether you think it or not, and wherever you currently are, if you don't have your people, you can find them and they'll find Mm -hmm. you, but it's not the, the, the thing to be, to to think about and to understand is you you never try and be something because I've done that before and it never works out because that's who they see. If you're putting on a front, I'm going to think you're like that all the time. And if that's not really you, then over time, that's going to eat you alive. Everybody's going to see you as a certain thing. And that's not really who you are. You're going to fold at some point. So always mm-hmm. just be who you are, because if you're not who you, that happened to me before, and I, I can't put a finger on how it, how it, how exactly it transpired, but it was just, I grew up really hard. I grew up closed minded. And in that I, in my twenties, I kind of folded because my, I, I looked great. I kind of felt great, but in my heart and who I was, people were perceiving me different than what I saw myself as. And it was how I was projecting myself. I thought I had to be cool. thought I had to be this, thought I had to be that instead of just being and allowing Mm -hmm. people to accept me for who I really was. And I feel like I've done a good job of that in the past couple of years. Just, just being, just listen to people, just be, keep it simple, stupid and seek. I'm a seeker. So, just push, push the envelope because in the failures too, that's another thing is people see where I've played and, you know, whatever my hockey career is, they don't know how many teams I got cut from. They don't know how many no's I got told. I got cut. I had to look in, in hockey when you're younger, you have to look on a piece of paper if your name's on there when you're like, mm-hmm. when you're 10, you know, Oh, my name's not mm-hmm. on there. We're, we're, Dad, we're, we're going to the next tryout camp. And in all that struggle and stuff is where all the magic happens. And I think I really believe that people need more struggle in their life because I think what happens is 
if you don't have a lot of struggle, it'll be given to you. Like I hear some people complain about like their takeout or something like what? Like you're, you're, you're complaining about your Uber ride. Like, wow. (laughs) What, how entitled do you have to be that those are your problems that your Uber ride is a problem in your life. It's a significant problem in your life. Like, Mm. wow. Wow. You know, what's even crazier is like they, they sought out the Uber ride or, you know, that's an example. You called the Uber and regardless of how the Uber is objectively, like you can't be so harsh on that because you sought it out and yes, you expect a good service or whatever, but if you're complaining about it, man, get on with it. It is. It really is. Yeah. It's just, don't sweat. I say, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. The harder you, the, the more difficult the tasks you give to yourself, the easier it's going to be on the tail end. So you got to push yourself on the daily to get to where you want to be, but. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So through all of the, all of the changes in your, within your first year of hockey, what role did habits continue to play in your life? Um, you know, traveling city to city. Everything. Um, I believe your habits form who you are. Um, it's, it's at mind, body, soul. What are you consuming? What are you doing? And understanding why. This is a funny thing, I think, is that a lot of people go through life and they never think about why. When I was a little kid and I was going through some stuff at a very young age, I always, this is going to sound crazy, but it's the truth. I would talk to myself and I'd be, I'd be on the left side and I'd be on the right side. I'd have the angel and the devil You got to do this because of this. You got to do that because of that. I've always been analytical. I've always been very thoughtful. Uh, I'm a huge intuitive reader of people. How are they moving their hands when they talk? What are they doing? And it's back to that why for people. Sometimes people do things. They don't know why. They're doing it. They don't know why. Well, what is your intention for that? Why are you going to the gym every day? Are you doing it to look good or are you doing it to be healthy? Are you doing it to, because your girlfriend told you that you, you don't look that good and she complimented another guy and now you feel like self-conscious and you don't feel good enough because of someone else? You have to understand your why and why you're doing your habits. And I'm a firm believer, and it's grown me more than ever, that my why was that I needed to be as smart as possible and not in the like math equations way or like smarter than people. I just wanted so much out of my life that reading books, writing, um, hanging around a good crowd, all those are habits in my opinion, who your circle Mm. is. um, It's all in my opinion, the same thing. It's what you're molding your life. Like, People tend to think they don't control their life. Well, then they don't control their life because that's what they're saying. It's everything is up to them. Like say you lived in a bad childhood and up to 18, it was so rough. Well, you have the choice to leave and start a brand new life and be a brand new person. And your daily habits are what's going to get you to the point you want to be. So for me, it was in the morning. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm getting the brain going. I am. 
I, I'm a supplement guy. I don't take supplements every day, but I have certain supplements that I take, whether it's L-theanine, magnesium, 5-HTP, you know, my protein or whatever, and it's mindfulness. So during the day, it's not, holy shit, what's going on on social media? I've really tuned it down on that. It's just mind, body, soul. When I wake up, it's just healthy habits, eating a good breakfast, simple, stupid, keeping it simple and having, mm -hmm. and then when I'm at the rink, I'm a hockey player. And when I'm not at the rink, I'm Christopher and I could do whatever. And it, and that ended up being the same person, but that was tough for me too, is when you're a hockey player or you're an athlete, you cannot explain. And I can't even explain it right now, how obsessed you get with what you do. You're obsessed. I was like, my habits are everything because if I don't have them, I feel like I, it's tough for me to just sit and do nothing. I can't, like, I used to be able to just sit on the couch and I can't. So it's just implementing more good habits than bad. If you have a bad habit, um, you got to kick it. You know, for me a little bit, I smoked weed for a little bit and I loved that it brought out my creative side. And the way I see marijuana is it gives you a different lens to your life. Like how people talk about psilocybin, um, other drugs like that, that give you a different lens to your own life because you are what you see and you are what you're taught in your environment. But there's a whole nother side of you that you don't know unless you seek it through knowledge, through understanding. But that's all self stuff that people, I think, um, just need to tap into a little bit more. It's just adding mm -hmm. those positive daily habits. And for me, it was just health, fitness, reading, writing, and networking. Great. Yeah. So where does your belief in yourself come from then? Um, and how did you come to trust in your abilities so deeply, I guess? Yeah. I, to be honest, I felt like I didn't have a choice. Like mm -hmm. how... <laughs> how I look at myself is like, I think, and I believe this is how everybody thinks or should think is that you should have a purpose. Well, I don't think that I'm going to be the president of the United States or salt, you know, cure cancer or anything like that. I know for a fact what I've been through as a kid and my turmoil that I went through as a kid, we had some weather, you know, a little, just some family trouble and things are doing much better now. But I felt like I had to be a warrior. Like when I was younger, my favorite movies were Troy, Gladiator, 300. And I literally put it in my head that I'm a Sparta. I just thought as a young kid, I had so much confidence, whether I was a little angry and I did have all those things that I talked about. One thing I had was an unwavering confidence in my ability to do what I said I was going to do. I, at a young age, I knew that failing was a, it was a process because at a young age, I got cut from teams and then I made some great teams and then I got drafted to these leagues. So I was like, okay, hard work pays off. You're going to go through some crap. And I just always had a belief in myself. It was something, honestly, for me, when I was younger, um, a lot of kids turned to like video games and I actually was a gamer in high school a little bit. But for me, it was like motivational YouTube videos. Like I, I was fascinated by like fighting 
and like gladiators the 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 thought of like a spartan in the middle one verse one with thirty thousand watching like mm. in a different realm i feel like i was that person and it might sound crazy but if you want a lot out of life sometimes you got to have a little crazy in you if it means it's going to push you and i actually don't yeah. call it crazy but some people think it might be and it's just a. Uh, I've just always had that confidence when I was younger. It was just, if you're putting in the work, you should be confident regardless of looks, thoughts, if things go well or not. If you are putting in the work and you care and you show up, if you just show up every day, you should be confident, you know? And mm -hmm. sometimes you're not given that because part of it is also that along the way, people do get jealous of people who are doing things. And you're just going to have that happen, whether it's somebody that has something good and someone's talking crap about them. You're just going to get the haters with doing good. You're going to get that many people that are like, oh, this guy is this. This guy is that when they don't even know. Like, for instance, this is a good example is like my social media. You couldn't you couldn't tell at all what I'm like looking at my social media. I don't post what I do on the daily basis. Like I don't post. Um, and I've actually been thinking about doing more of that to show people like what actually happens. Kind of like Gary V shows what he's actually doing. The whole mentality mm -hmm. of watch as I do, not as I say, because a lot of people like to talk, but it's like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. And um, I just always had that unwavering confidence that, I'm going to be where I want to be. And again, like I think my hockey career might be over and I'm just hitting the second quarter. I'm 27 mm -hmm. and I've heard people call me old. I'm like old, like, Oh my gosh, I feel sorry for you. You think mm -hmm. 27 is old. You have 75 more years of your life and it's oh, you're, you're, you're going down. You're going, you're going down. Like life is so long. So Looking at things, I think you always have to have confidence because whether, whether, like I said before, if bad things happen to you, you just understand that life is long and that doing the right things is going to get you to where you want to be. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think you've heard this before. So we're both 27. Are you? We could do, we could, yeah, we could do nothing for 10 years and we'd still be young. I, you, that's that's how I feel. You know what? Is it how you feel? Yeah. Good. I'm I'm so glad to hear that because that's how I that's how I feel. I really do. And um, it's a mindset. It's a mentality. If if all you watch is the news, I I'm sorry. You're you're gonna have a skewed view on the world and what it's about. If you don't mm -hmm. travel, if you live in one town and you don't move meet girls, meet guys, network, get out of your comfort zone. I'm sorry. Your, your, your opinion is so, you, you just don't understand that the world is such a big place full of opportunity and also full of great people. I know mm -hmm. uh, I was talking to one of my friends before this podcast about it. And I said, you find what you're looking for. So whether it's in social media, if you're looking for negative stuff, oh, you'll find it you'll find it. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for positive stuff, you will find it. And that's what I've tried to do is understand you're 27 years old. I have so much life to live 
And whether that, whether it's the connections I've made through hockey um, that are going to help me grow and prosper for what's next for me, it's, it's just the understanding of when people say age is just a number, it really is. Like, what is that your age? Is it, it's not your maturity level because your maturity level is your maturity level. And you, how you are as a person is the accumulation of what you've done, what you've read, what you know, and how you think. And age has nothing to do with any of that. Cause you could go your whole life and not ever read a book, not ever challenge yourself. And does that make you mature? No, of course not. So I know kids who are 20 years old, um, 21 years old, 22 years old, who are as mature as a 40 year old. I know 40 year year olds that I look at as kids, <laughs> as kids. Yeah. So, you know, 27, yeah. we're young, baby. We're hitting this. Yeah. I call it, I call it the second quarter. We just jumped in the <laughs> second quarter. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like you said, age is just a number. Colonel Sanders started KFC when he was 67. That's and, you know, crazy. The, wh- That's crazy. Remember, uh, the guy who, uh, started Walmart, he was in his fifties or I think he was actually older than that. He was in his seventies. My, my, so, fa- yeah, man, my, crazy. even my father, he opened up, he opened up a tax office at the age of, I believe 53. And now he has 900 mm-hmm. clients. It's, it's, it's the, you, a lot of times it's a life's work. It's a, it's a body of your whole life that takes you to that point you want to be. And when you're young, you want it now. And with social media, you want it yesterday. And mm-hmm. with people judging you, you want it last week. And in all that is where all your habits go to shit. Oh, Susie wants me to go to the bar on Friday. Okay, that's cool. But what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we talking about? Are we just like, are, are we just, what are we doing? Are we talking about like what people are doing on Instagram? Are we just like letting free? Um, like there's only so much leisure and, and mindless things that one can do. Uh, before you realize, like, if you want something out of your life, like mine, you having fun, you need to have fun, you need to unwind. But I guess it's just a matter of how you see and view life and maneuvering through that and patience, patience. I used to not have any of that. And with, with this fast social media world, I think for me, I look at social media different than I did a couple of years ago when everybody, you get that FOMO when everybody was posting all mm. the time and all the pictures and all the things, it was like a spider web of just like FOMO. And I think a lot of people have retracted and understood that's not real life. Like that picture that you took on that beach was a second and they took 20 pictures for it. And, Imagine that they didn't even have a good time after that. Like they, there's a good, like there's a good chance that they, you know, like the rest of the day they didn't even talk to each other, but they got twenty thousand likes. Wrap your head around that. You get twenty thousand likes on a picture, and those people might not have had a good time. And that's what social media is. It's an illusion. It's an. Mm. It's a big illusion, and it, it it got me caught for a hot second. But then I. I, now I use it differently. I use it a tool to grow, tool to network too. I think there's nothing more important than uh, networking. And, and one thing that's great about the internet, it's free and you could connect to anybody. Um, and I think it's the greatest tool to use it for that, definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah. I hear you, man. It's, we actually deleted our, like me, I have two other hosts on this podcast, Corey and Connor deleted our social media for the month of April. And dude, it felt like the longest month in a good way. Like it felt like I just had way more time. Um, I've since, you know, we obviously met through Instagram and stuff. That's how we kind of connected. And I only bring it back. I literally delete Instagram on my phone off of it every day, re-download it to do some podcast stuff and then get rid of it, delete it again. It's, no way. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And hey, I'd that's, impressive. that's impressive. That's yeah. impressive. So it almost makes it like a chore as well to get back on. It's like, oh, I have to do this thing. I don't have to, but like I got to like put in my password, go through this whole process, and it makes it easier to not just get sucked into it because I just delete it again. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I no, that's a great thing. Actually, I was going to go on a big hiatus pretty soon, but mm-hmm. depending on what happens with work or whatnot, we'll see what happens. But you're absolutely right. You got to think about what do you get from it? If you're on social media for three hours, what did you retain from it? Like a lot of times mm-hmm. for people, it's not it's not good. Like they're like, oh, my God, this happened. And it was like a negative thought. What Three hours of your day, you looked at something and then the, the thought you got was negative come come on you got to look at stuff differently and Mm -hmm. whether it's you know it social media is a really tricky thing i think just mindfulness of it understanding why you're using it is really important so that's excellent so that segues into my next question so why should someone pursue awareness and choose happiness at any cost even if the the journey will be this intense grind full of struggles and and obstacles. Oh my gosh. This is so loaded, but it's, let me think of how I want to say this. It's so choosing happiness is probably the hardest thing one can do. Think about, talk about, wrap your head head around because happiness isn't like a thing as much as it is a state of being. And I think that, for me, happiness was something I always seeked and didn't understand it was always there. So if, if I thought I wasn't happy, okay, we'll wrap this in two things, happiness and mindfulness. They could be very similar things. Like mindfulness is understanding how you feel, what situation are you in, what are you doing, what are you doing for work, how are your relationships, but in re- like. And then I'll go back to obviously mindfulness is just being in the present and understanding where you are at the present, you know, how do the trees sound, how somebody's talking to you and really being present. But I find it at the same token, it's, well, what are you actually thinking about that's keeping you away from being mindful? Because for me, a lot of times I'm thinking about why I'm not happy or why I'm happy and it's in all that that I need to maneuver through, whether it's like hockey or something I didn't like or something that happened to me that I didn't like that's sitting on my mind. It's working through that to get to happiness and understanding that happiness is also just a state of being. Just when I feel the worst, just smile. Just smile. Look at yourself in the mirror and just smile. Like even if it's, <laughs> even if it's, you know, like even that, like your laugh right now, like it's great. It's just, mm-hmm. it's it. You can do it. it. When when things are going the absolute worst, I think 
And it was for me this year, this year, I get traded from Cincinnati who I had the best year ever. I decided I was going to invest in Bitcoin. I was making Bitcoin money. Um, I started hanging out with a great girl. I had the best year of my life, financially, emotionally, relationships, connections. I get traded my first week. When I was in South Carolina, my first week, I got pneumonia. Mm. And I got pneumonia. I was out a month and a half. I couldn't spend time with the team. I got bronchitis after that. And then 15 games into me being back, I tear my wrist. So I went through like a depressive episode and I was keeping a lot to myself at that time. I was in a place I didn't know anybody. I couldn't really get to know them. I was actually sick. So for me, I had to really think and be mindful on a daily basis, which is super hard. And I went back and forth on this because this is something that everybody, you know, you like to say, like, you can be happy if you just say it. But no, in all reality, you're going to feel like crap a lot. There's going to be a lot of stuff you don't want to do. But the mindfulness is just being present and really being present. Listen to somebody when they talk. Listen to the water hit your head in the shower. Don't think about exterior things. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about yesterday. But plan for those things. And you want to have those big plans. But happiness is is not something you should – well, I think it's something you should seek. But – don't necessarily stress that it's going to be given to you or anything. I think it's a lifelong challenge. If not, the most challenging thing is the happiness thing. Cause you, you're going to have a lot of hard work. That's not going to, you're not going to feel real happy in that when you're grinding, but mm-hmm. nine yeah. times out of 10, when you, after you did that, you're going to feel good. It's like a hit workout. Like, Oh my God, this sucks. I'm driving there at five in the morning. I don't want to be there. And then when I'm done, I'm like, oh, wow, let's go. Let's start the day, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a very challenging thing, I think, mindfulness and and happiness. But the more you, you, you think about it or just the awareness is key, the awareness of the mindfulness. Like, okay, I just woke up. I don't feel that good. What do I got to do? I know what I have to do. I'm eating breakfast. Oh, let's say good morning to your roommates. Um, really just being in the present, I think is just the most important thing anyone could have at any time. And when things go really bad, zoom out, zoom way out. Like I'm alive. I'm okay. My family's alive. I live in a home. I have an iPhone. Like I, you know, like keep Gratitude. it simple. So much gratitude. Yes. That's the, that's the perfect world. You have yeah. to. And, um, yeah, gratitude's a big one. I'm still learning that. You still, yeah. everything is a learning process. Is mm-hmm. you got to be grateful of the little things because when you get spoiled a little bit, like I got spoiled with, I was investing for the first time ever in a year. I felt like I was a wolf on Wall Street. And I made a lot of really great decisions in investing. And I also got hit really freaking hard. Like I turned, a thousand dollars into almost six figures and lost about 30 grand in a month. And (laughs) it was, and mind you, this was when all that stuff was going on uh, in Cincinnati and while I got traded. So shit hit the fan for me this past year. And 
it's been amazing. I'm here. Yeah. I'm alive. I'm talking to you. We're mm-hmm. doing this podcast thing. It's 2019, best year to be alive. You know, so much opportunity, so much to be grateful for. And it's just all a blessing. So yeah. I'm just yeah, grateful for it all, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like any, any bad thing. You don't know if it's, it might be bad in the moment, but it depends on how you look at it. And, and if you take it as an opportunity and are afforded the chance to take it as an opportunity, then that bad thing was actually a good thing uh, within reason. You know, I mean, uh, people dying is, is something different, but, you know, it depends on, how, like you said, how you look at it, your perspective. If you always take things as an opportunity, then odds are you're going to be in a good place come time. Um, I I agree with that completely. Yeah. It's either uh, you're, I, I have another phrase for that. It's either you feel like um, it's either an opportunity to grow or a burden on your life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's both the same situation. It's just how you view it. So hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that's great. So what, how did you kind of, what do you do to, I guess my question is, what do you do to practice gratitude? Is it just a, a mental thing or do you actually write things down? Um, I do a lot of writing now. I'm actually, yeah. I, I just started a book actually because things we're talking about, even this conversation, it's tough to dial your life into one hour, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have a lot that I would like to talk about, whether it's psychology, mindfulness, relationships, struggle, perseverance, you name it. Um, writing has been a huge tool for me because it's something that you put on paper and it's a thought that you had. And you could reflect on it later and look back and say, oh, either I still feel that way or still think that way or you don't. But also simply five things you love about yourself. This was crazy, actually. I got uh, asked this recently and I struggled with it right off the bat. um, I was hanging out with a girlfriend and she was like, tell me five things you love about yourself right now. Go. (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I like, I had that moment. I had that moment where I was like, no, nah, I don't love myself today. Like, no, nah, I don't got anything. And <laughs> in that, I was like, holy shit, there's so much work to be done still. You can't like how I feel right now. And I still couldn't just like, you Without know, simple five, things. I have thought anything. I have thought anything, <laughs> anything, anything. I can read, I'm alive, I'm, I'm anything. And I literally drew a blank Mm. and I love it. That was a huge, like light bulb in my head. Like, okay, we got to do that every day, write down Mm -hmm. five things every day, every morning. So what I do is I try and do some mindfulness things where I write down simple things like that. And it, I think that is a, a very underrated thing that people don't talk about enough is just, telling yourself you love yourself just just like we talked about before just being happy being alive and being present and slowing things down um it's been a really big help to me because i've dealt with insecurity issues and it's funny because that's something that some people would never expect me to hear from me but it's the truth it's just you know everybody wants to be better and sometimes you just you look at yourself in the mirror, you might not like something, but sometimes it's just too much. I've been known to, I'm so hard on everything. I'm so, you know, what's next? It's not good enough. Oh my gosh. And instead of just being, like you said, grateful 
mindful. So writing things down, I think is huge. Mm -hmm. Write things down. If you can't do it every day, and that's another thing that I think people, they want to change everything. They think, oh, tomorrow, it's going to be everything. I'm going to hit the gym at 6 a.m. every day for the rest of my life now. When Just start <laughs> small. Just start small. Because that you don't want to have a like peaking moment week one where like, oh, my gosh, I can't move my body. I have to go to the gym. I'm over it. I'm done. Then you're done. So like once a week, twice a week, just write some things down. Write some things down you like about yourself. And one of the most challenging thing is ask your circle, ask your circle, say, what's wrong with me? That's a really tough thing to do. Ask mm -hmm. your circle, like, what do you mind? Like, I don't care. Like bash me. I, I want to grow. You're my good friend. I trust you. Can you just tell me something like I could, I could work on and can you tell me something I could maybe help you with? And in that, one of the things that's helped me the most was helping other people, you know, listening to people. I have friends call me all the time for advice and I'll just listen. I love it. I love helping people. It's awesome to see somebody grow, whether they've been going to the gym and you're like, holy crap, their confidence is boosted. Mm -hmm. They look better. They're happier. You, they're, they're, it, it just it makes the world go around helping people and writing things down. <laughs> write it down baby i like that two random things that my stats will make the world go around that's great <laughs> yeah man actually i i heard a really good story about gratitude and it was as a little kid if you were given let's say you were given cookies and you didn't you ate the cookies and you didn't say thank you right and then you came back the next day and just put your hand out and and you just expected cookies. You didn't say anything. You didn't ask nicely. You just like kind of ensued like yeah, it's cookie time. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you think you're going to get another cookie? So uh, as yeah. opposed to if a kid is like got a cookie and he's like, oh, my God, this is the best cookie. Thank you so much. And you go and you sit and you eat your cookie and you come back the next day and be like, hey, you remember you gave me a cookie yesterday. I like I loved it. Do you have any more? Which kid do you think is going to get a cookie? Yeah. No, yeah, you don't even it, have to answer that. Yeah. yeah it's, obviously, it's, the second kid, it's yeah. the, the cookie is anything in life. It is. I think, do you know Aubrey Marcus? I've heard that name before. So he has a podcast and I listen to him very often. Similar to Joe Rogan, but even more just straight mindset, psychology, uh, relationships, friendships, mindfulness stuff. And he literally this morning I listened to it and he had the cookie example and he, he really? said it, <laughs> he had it. Yeah. And, and yeah. he, so he had it a little bit different. And yeah. what he said was, so how you deleted your social media, mm -hmm. he deleted his for 17 days and went on this retreat. And he basically said when a lot of things go on in his life, he likes to pause and reflect so he likes to get out of exactly where he is so he could get to that new fresh state of being and go back into the situation and what he said was it's either people want a piece of the cookie want to bite the cookie want to take the want to use the cookie want to and it, it, it was just like as a human being you're going to have people wanting that from you as much as like people feel like they deserve X, Y, and Z. They feel like they deserve the cookie because 
of no reason at all, or they were taught yeah. that, or they just are entitled and they don't see things properly and are needy or greedy or whatnot. It's, 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 it's all mindfulness. It's all understanding that you don't deserve anything that you should give way more than you receive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big issue that I'm seeing all the time because you know, I talk to a lot of different people. I've lived in multiple different cities and it seems that whenever somebody has a problem, it's always external. It's always what someone's not doing for them. Mm-hmm. It fascinates me instead of looking in, instead of looking in, instead of taking responsibility for their life and saying, Hey, why don't I help Joe tomorrow for the whole day move? Or why don't I call three people and tell them I love them? It's always receiving. It's always mm-hmm. receiving. I've understood yep. the more that I give, the more that I get 100%. Yep. I think that's extremely prevalent in the education system. As a student, it's so easy to be like, oh, this teacher is giving me, like, she's not helping me at all. That was me. That was yeah, me. Dude, that was yeah. me too. Like, I had so many kids. I'm sure everybody has experienced that, whether, you know, any given subject like recently I've had to retake classes and I'm back in school and it's completely shifted in the fact, and I see other kids in class just like being frustrated, like this teacher sucks Mm -hmm. because what, like I just, I can see your effort level and like, you're not even trying. And that used to be me. And I was like, no wonder I just barely scraped by and I'm now I I'm struggling (laughs) and I have Mm -hmm. to go back to school and retake it the right way. You know, it's up to you to put in the work. The teacher, whatever, is going to present the information. You have to absorb it, ask questions, you know, do it yourself. Absolutely. I had trouble in school, too, and I always felt, um, um, well, part of it was, like, I was, like, I felt like I didn't need it. And, like, mm. in a real way, I used to detail boats when I was 16 uh, every summer, and I understood that business was people and just selling business is selling and people. And when I went to college and learned about business in a book, it didn't really do it for me. But at the same time, what I just like you blame the teacher instead of like building a relationship with the teacher. Right. I I wouldn't go up and say, Hey, like even at the beginning of, I have a couple of friends and they're so good at this it's not sucking up. They will just get to know the teacher on a human level. Teachers are human beings. My mother's a teacher. Mm -hmm. People would love to talk to my mom. She's a saint. And a lot of people forget (laughs) that relationship where they're just a human being, take the school out of it, build that relationship. And in that you're going to feel more comfortable to ask questions and actually learn. Right. It's this thing where it's like the degrees on the pedestal and you're like, I need the degree because it's going to get me a job. And it's the whole mentality mentality around the education system, like degree, good job. And then when people get the degree, they didn't learn shit. And then they don't get the good job. They blame society. Mm -hmm. Well, I I, kind of get it because I was younger and all I heard when I was younger was degree, good job, degree, good job. And I, and for our parents that worked out well, um, and uh, before it worked out well, but fact of the matter is work, jobs, it's humans, it's relationships, it's everything you learned. And it's, it's not what you learned in college as much as it's not like 
you getting an A on a test is going to make you succeed in life whatsoever. It's more so the discipline and doing what you have to do and growing as a person and building the networks to get to where you want to be. Cause school is tough. College. I really didn't like it. I I'll be honest. Like I hated it. Cause I felt like I could have took way more specific classes in what I wanted to do. Entrepreneurial studies. Um, like I felt, I felt like I could have built my own unique uh, major to make me the most of what I needed to be for my future. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're taking all these prereqs and stuff that don't mean anything. And like, you're, you're a business major, but you're taking seven, seven science classes. Come on, come on. What yeah. are we doing here? And, right. and the, RO, the ROI now of college is actually negative for most oh, yeah. people. So, I mean, that's a whole nother thing in itself, the cost <laughs> of college because government, because I mean, that's all, you know, they're, the, the government could give out loans that are, you know, that you, you can't default on them. And um, that's a whole nother story, but it's that's just, a rabbit hole. <laughs> that's a rabbit hole we're not getting into, but it's just, it is the attitude. It's a person's yeah. attitude going into the situation and the understanding of why it, again, in college, I don't, I think it'd be less than 10% of kids that said they knew what they wanted to do for the rest of their life while they oh, were yeah. in college, while, while they yeah. were seniors and graduating. Oh, I don't know what I, I got a business degree. I don't know what I want to do. I used to view when I was younger, like college graduates, people graduating like as so old and like, they've got it figured out. And then once I was in that position graduating and I look back on myself and where I was and I was, had no clue. I was so lost. And I felt looking around me too, as there was kids even in, worse positions being lost and like not having nothing to do so it's just kind of wild how uh it is the what uh the progression and growth there in the the way i see it is adults are just bigger kids you know like <laughs> yeah. i mean it, you are the accumulation of what you've learned and it you know some people it you can be a 40 year old adult and you just kept it simple and you don't know that much, but you know what you know, and you're a happy camper, and you're you, you're not that well-rounded, but you're a happy person, and that's okay. And then you have it, – it's amazing to see as you age how things work and your views based on – same thing. When I was 18, you look at a 20 – like I'm 27. I, I, I know a lot of things, but I still feel – young and I think I'll feel mm-hmm. young when I'm 40 because that's a state of mind like I've said before um like I'm gonna be able to travel more do more how I, I don't I don't feel young you know what I mean I just think mm-hmm. that's a weird thing is young the even the word young like you're old what does that mean tell me what that means I'd love to hear it what does old mean you know like your age <laughs> but that doesn't define anything you know so I get what you're saying. It's crazy to see how life changes the older you get and how you view it. Um, it's so fascinating, really. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Chris, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping this up. All right, I have one mm-hmm. more big question for you. What does being a warrior mean to you? Not giving a shit about what other people think about you, knowing your truth, working really hard when it doesn't feel like there's going to be a, a 
a success or something, you know, at the end of the tunnel. Um, it's just a overall understanding that you're put on this world for a reason. So seek that, you know, seek those reasons and give back as well. So overall, it's just giving back, working hard, being humble, caring more, knowing your truth, building relationships, taking care of your family as best you can, being open to people, not judging people and loving a little more. Take it easy on yourself. And that's all I'd say. I love it. All right. Chris, this has been a fantastic conversation. So where can people go to follow you and keep up more with, uh, with your journey here? Um, well, I appreciate it. Fun today. Um, yeah. It is my Instagram is C Leone, C L E O N E zero five. Okay. And then I have an A non Twitter account that I'm not going to give you. <laughs> so that's Fair enough. That, Fair that, enough. that's for all the real secrets i'll have to tell you that and i'll have to tell you that in private all right bro that so. sounds good <laughs> um all right man this has been great thank you so much again and uh i wish you all the best and we'll talk soon okay all right thanks brother dude you have a good one we hope you enjoyed this episode of the weekly warrior podcast Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to us. We hope it was beneficial to you. You could be doing anything. Everything is vying for your attention these days. But you chose to be here with us, and that means a lot. If you do have an extra minute, head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a comment if you'd like. If you've already done that, hey, you're awesome. If you haven't done it, what's the matter with you? Just kidding. We still love you but you can go ahead and do that. We would love to hear from you. Guys, enjoy your day. As always, try to take things from this episode and put them into practice because that's a way that you get stronger and discover the warrior within. 